1: Alright, welcome to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. hope everybody out there is doing fantastic today, getting ready for the weekend ahead, the first weekend of December, the 12th month, the last month of the year 2022. And uh, what, a, what a difference 24 hours makes, right? <laughs> um, complete meltdown, I guess, if you want to call it that, by Kanye West, or also known as Ye. Um, my comments and my thoughts on this. Uh, we had been speculating at the Red Pill Project that Kanye maybe was uh, kind of setting conservatives up. Um, obviously, he has came out and talked about openly about what's happening in Hollywood in the sense of how there's handlers in Hollywood that control the actors and the musicians and the artists and so on and so forth. And that these people drug them and get them to do their bidding and make sure that they stay in line and propagate the narrative. And Kanye, even a few weeks ago, came out and, and put a lot of this information out, pointing to how there's various different intelligence agencies involved. Uh, one in particular was his trainer. And this is a personal trainer who is somehow trained by the Canadian Defense Department in psychological warfare. He's also what we suspect to be a Mossad agent. This is the Israeli uh, special intelligence. And, uh, you know, Kanye came out and said some pretty incredible claims in the sense that, you know, all Hollywood and and mainstream media are controlled by a Jewish mafia. And that has labeled him with anti-Semitic comments. Now, not that it's a Jewish mafia, but it's actually highly accurate that the majority of the mainstream media companies and Hollywood production companies and talent agencies are owned by people who are identified as Jewish. That's very, very accurate, and there's nothing wrong with saying that. To say that they all collaborate in a um, kind of an organized group, a criminal syndicate, well, that requires more information. And, and well, there's actually a lot of information out there about that. It, there's actually a lot of evidence supporting this claim. But I don't think that that has anything to do with their religious or ethnic views. See, these people are what I would call dark Kabbalists, and Kabbalah is the the mystical sciences or the mystical interpretation of the Torah, and it's kind of like look like an esoteric mystery school if you want to look at it like that, and derived out of Kabbalah, you can have what we call white magicians or people who practice the light side or the white side and then people who practice the dark side. And I would say that the majority of the people in Hollywood that Kanye is talking about are what I would consider dark Kabbalists. And these are people who exact, do exactly that. They form these criminal crime syndicates, these groups and organizations. They infiltrate and then they control. And they control people to control the narrative that they're perpetuating. And so he's not wrong, but maybe just wrong on the definition, right? You can't just throw a whole ethnic or religious class of people into, into this group and say that they're all this. I, I think that, that that's incredibly wrong. But Kanye put this out a few weeks ago, and then obviously he went and met with Donald Trump and asked Donald Trump to be his vice president in 2024, which is hysterical. But it comes to find out that Kanye was collaborating with producers from The Alex Jones Show. That's how he got in touch with Milo and Nick Fuentes. And Nick Fuentes obviously a uh, sarcastic racist, if you want to look at it like that. He he kind of just says anything to get attention and and utilizes a lot of sarcasm. I don't know if the guy's actually a racist or not. But there are two controversial figures, Milo and Nick Fuentes. And so what we find out is that when... Kanye and Nick Fuentes got to Mar-a-Lago, Kanye went to send Nick a text message, and this text message was kind of like the agenda of what they were going to try to do. Well, instead of sending it to Nick Fuentes, Kanye actually sent it to his lawyer, whose name was also Nicholas. But it just so happens that his lawyer is the same lawyer that Donald Trump has, (laughs) And so the lawyer receives this uh, this agenda of what they were trying to do and calls Donald Trump in the middle of the, the lunch and tells him that he's being set up, that Kanye and Nick Fuentes are there to set Donald Trump up. And they actually talked about this yesterday on the Alex Jones Show right before Kanye goes on a... Uh, a a rant about how much uh, he appreciates and and loves Hitler and the Nazis and and their culture. Uh, Anyways, um, the atrocities that the Nazis committed I don't think can ever um, be lifted from history. Whether they in their society and civilization produce certain things that are beneficial to society today, like uh, the the microphone or or whatever it might have been, It it doesn't take back the atrocities that they did, what they did to millions upon millions of people, including the Jews, uh, the Christians, the blacks, and, and everybody else. But when we start looking at the situation here, what we start to see is that Kanye infiltrated various aspects of the conservative movement, of this kind of truth movement and then spoiled it by basically throwing anti-Semitism out there and then supporting Hitler and the Nazis, of which basically changed the narrative. Now, one important part about this, and this is kind of interesting, is we have this story about Balasianga, which is a clothing and apparel store. Now, they had been putting out this one ad campaign, which was targeted uh, with a lot of pedophilic symbology. Um, and and it's not like, it's not the symbology that you look at and say, oh, maybe, no, this was definitely 100%. And so people started digging on them and Belasiunga comes to find out is heavily, um, involved within this type of symbology. This is kind of what all their marketing campaigns are about and show. Well, Demno, which is the lead designer over there is a friend of Kanye. Now, Demno, pr- pretty much whenever he goes in public, he always wears a black mask covering his face. Now, what's interesting is that the Palacienga story was ramping on the last week or so at the same time that Kanye went and visited Donald Trump, at the same time that he went on Alex Jones' show, at the same time that he went on Tim Poole's show. In all of those shows, he did some certain type of symbolic representation giving a call out to Blasienga. And then after, right before he was deleted from Twitter, came out in support of Blasienga and said that all the notion that they're associated with pedophilia is all false. They love Jesus. Well, here's the thing is he wore Blasienga boots when he visited Tim Pool and Donald Trump and he wore the black mask representing his friend Demna, who is very associated with a symbolic aspect at Blasienga with pedophilia. The black mask he wore at Alex Jones yesterday was representative of that. So in my my perspective is that Kanye is most likely being controlled by someone or something and that he's lost a lot of his sponsorships. He has uh, this access to his children, his money, his family, all these things are controlled by his handlers and that Belasiunga needed some type of social distraction to take the attention away from themselves. And Kanye was exactly that. And they hit it at the heart of the people looking in to Belasiunga, and this would have been the truth movement. And so the visit to uh, Donald Trump, the the visit to Alex Jones' show and Tim Poole was all basically a setup to provide a massive distraction away from Belasienga and whatever else is happening in the world. And, and then label and taint the name of the truth movement with associations of Hitler and fascism and, and all this other stuff as you can see kind of how that unravels, but this is psychological warfare. That's exactly what we're seeing right now, is that we're seeing infiltration within these various movements, these truth movements, by various actors who are propagating high levels of disinformation, misinformation, propaganda, and utilizing psychological warfare tactics. Kanye just happens to be the most popular one that's done this. But they're all over the place. And, and that's why whenever, whenever I talk, I always bring up this part. Because I created the Red Pill Project for a very, very specific reason. I got deleted from social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Anchor FM, everything overnight. They, they completely annihilated me. But what I also saw was there, there were people who didn't get deleted. And I wondered, why did those people not get deleted? And I did. And the reason is, is because I went and listened to them and I started taking notes and I realized that they're propagating a false narrative, that they're propagating stuff that is just not true, that there is no basis of factualization to actually substantiate their claims. And so I started to see that a lot of these people were disinformation agents. They use psychological warfare tactics. One of these tactics is coming out and claiming that I have some special intelligence, that I have a special connection, or I have a source in the intelligence community or the military, and, and this person is feeding me information, and this is what they're telling me, and this is what's going on. This is a psychological warfare tactic. This is basically gaining your trust, right? through this this hidden source that is associated with something with validity in the sense of the intelligence community their DoD. And I started seeing this. So I, I came up with the motto for the Red Pill Project. And the motto is never believe anything anybody tells you, no matter who they are, what authority they possess or profess, unless you can prove it with your own research, your own investigation, and through your own volition. And that requires a filter within your mind to all your senses and to the environment outside of you and a hypercritical analysis of all the information that is coming in to your senses. And it's critically important in these times to keep that in mind because people are targeting you day in and day out. They're trying to manipulate your actions, your thoughts, your motivations. We're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back with more Dark to Light Show after this.
0: Dark Delight Light with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations.
1: All, I want is to be left alone. Uh, all right, we are back with the Dark Delight Light show and it's Friday. So by tradition, I'm going to open this up as well. If you guys want to call in 585-346-3000 or you can call that toll-free number 866-552-1009. And by the way, Monday we'll be back uh, streaming on our Locals platform. And we're trying to figure out how to integrate this as well into my uh, sub stack. But so the Locals platform, we do the live stream of this. And so Monday, we'll be back streaming of that. We're getting the, the, the studio here set up perfectly. And so if you want to check that out, redpillproject.locals.com. And that's a way to help support the Dark Delight Show and everything that we do here at the Dark Delight Show and the Red Pill Project. And so we are talking about the dangerous time that we live in, the time of mass psychological warfare. Now, this is interesting because it was a, it was something that I said years ago, and I I kept on bringing it up, that if you are the global elite, the cabal, whoever they are, that are perpetuating this agenda, ushering in a new world order, would you take the chance of just having a one-sided revolution in the sense where it's an us versus them type of scenario. Would you just build up one side of the house and say, this is our guys, these are the ones that are gonna go out and fight the war and the battle for us, they're gonna propagate the information that we want and control the narrative and all this stuff? Or would you go out there and infiltrate both sides? Infiltrate both sides, control the narrative on both sides, control the information on both sides. If we go back to World War II, World War I, we find something very similar, is that the bankers, the global elite, they financed both sides of the war. The Rothschilds, they financed both sides of the war. Why? because they had skin in the game no matter what. That whoever the winner was would be indebted to them. This is a tactic they always use and this is a tactic they'll continue to use and it's no different today. So when I say that this isn't a left or right problem, this is a problem for humanity, that they're on both sides, that they're in the right, they're in the left. I'm not joking here. Let's go to the lines. We're going to go to uh, our favorite caller here, Keith. Keith, what's up, man? Uh,
0: Several points. Uh, Kanye West, and here goes, he mentioned that in his business, the microphone that he uses to sing and so on was invented by Hitler. Uh, The origin of that story might have been, everyone in the audience remember the American singer and entertainer Bing Crosby? Well, at the end of World War II, he heard from returning American troops that the Germans were advanced in their audio recording techniques. And, of course, Mr. Crosby, being a singer, he invested in that technology, and he became very wealthy from that. So when Kanye West was saying Hitler, the microphone, uh, that's uh, coming out of the end of World War II there. That uh, ties right in with, again, Bing Crosby's wealth. Uh, Secondly, and I want to earmark this for the Jewish listeners in the audience, I, Keith, um, am not Jewish. Uh, If you were to hear the family name, it is German, and uh, those of us of German heritage, uh, like a lot of Americans, uh, I have different ethnicities. My first name, Keith, is from my mother's side, Scottish and English. And I want to say to everyone in the audience, in the European theater of war during World War II, one out of every three American combat troops had some kind of German heritage, that much, one out of every three. So uh, those of us of German heritage, uh, certainly when considering our guys fighting in Europe against the Nazis, are proud that uh, one-third of our combat troops had some German heritage in them. Uh, I want to ask Jewish people, and I'm going to use the uh, S word of secluded, in the same way that in Europe uh, the Jewish people lived off on their own in what were called uh, ghettos or shtetls Even though Jewish Americans are very much uh, mainstreamed in America <coughs> at, th- at this time, Christmas, um, everyone should know that the two main groups of people who wrote the majority of Christmas songs, here it goes, are Irish guys and Jewish guys. That's the absolute truth. Those two ethnicities, Irish and Jewish, wrote the majority of what I'm calling Christian Christmas songs. But uh, I, in closing, I would ask Jewish Americans, and here it goes, to come more out of themselves that I uh, keep uh, a Gentile still perceive that Jewish people do not um, maybe interact amongst other groups of people maybe as much as they should in order for other americans to really get to know them i know for many people including uh jewish people themselves that might sound like an outlandish statement what do you mean keith uh, we're already mainstream american you fully admit that but i still in closing find right or wrong on my part that uh jewish people maybe stay off a little bit uh to themselves i know here goes uh several of my italian american friends they okay, said, Keith, Keith, uh, Keith,
1: hey buddy, um, do you have a question?
0: Well, I wanted just to tie some of these loose ends, I don't know where else.
1: I, I don't know about loose ends, uh, I appreciate the call, Keith, uh, we're going to go on and, and, and continue with the show, I appreciate your, uh, your time there, so, and thank you, Keith, for that, I mean, the microphone thing, uh, connection to Bing Cosby, I did not know, so much appreciated on that information. And to all our listeners out there, you know, whether whatever race, creed, or religion you are, you know, listen, we're all human beings at the end of the day. We all have to live on this planet together. And there is one commonality between everything that makes us human. And that is the sharing of love, the connectivity of love. It's the fact that we can walk into a room and we can have a communication with anybody. We can talk to anybody, say hello, and it sparks a conversation of common interest. We can talk about music, the arts. We can talk about history. We can talk about anything. And we can get along and we can be happy. But at the end of the day, we share this deep commonality of love, love for each other, love for humanity, love for heritage, love for culture, whatever that love might be. And I just ask that as this holiday season comes about, that we, we embrace those commonalities of each other, that instead of looking at a friend, a family member, a neighbor, or a stranger as someone who might be on the political left or the political right, that instead we embrace the commonalities and we look at them as a human being and we say, hey, look, we might have a matter of difference of opinion when it pertains to various ideologies. But at the end of the day, we're both human and I bet we can can find a point of embrace. And that's the way I look at the holidays. I try not to to bring up politics, I try not to bring up the things that are going to trigger or spark people, and I think that that's kind of what Keith was trying to say as well is that we should all go out there and you know embrace our humanity and and come together and there's no reason why we should have to uh rescind or regress in a negative way away from anybody because of the things that are being promulgated on the airways, because of uh, the, the anti-Semitic views of a, of an R&B or rap musician, or because of the political uncertainty within this country. But instead, we should come together and unite and, and, and communicate with each other and, and talk about our problems and, and do it in a dialogue that is, is peaceful and, and respective of everybody. You know, there's one thing that I learned a long time ago, and that was the ability to listen. See, sometimes when we communicate with other people, we only hear what they're saying. And hearing is is that the words come in, they process, and we come up with an immediate response and we respond. But listening is much more intimate. Listening is when that you're, you're really analyzing the nature of the conversation, the body language, the intentionality, the emotion, the, the eye movements, the tone of the voice, the, 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 the variations in, in volume of how the voice is communicating with you. Listening makes all the difference when it comes to communication. And it's one thing that I've learned throughout my life is to truly listen to people, to listen to them with your heart, And with an open mind. And when you do that, you find that you connect with people on a much deeper and greater and spiritual level. So once again, I'm gonna open this back up for calls. If you guys got a question, topic you wanna talk about or something, uh, 585-346-3000, 585-346-3000, or you can call us toll free, 866-552-1009. Again, that's 866-552-1009. And uh, we're getting ready for the, the break here, but listen, we're going to keep on talking about this. It's Friday. It's kind of uh, an open talk discussion. There's a little bit of news, but not too much happening. We have uh, the rail strike being signed today. Um, we have some information here about Zelensky. You want to talk about Nazism. You want to talk about fascist or totalitarianism. We're going to talk about what Zelensky did in Ukraine just today. We'll be right back with more Dr. Let's into this.
0: Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations.
1: All right, we are back with the Dark Delight Light show. And again, if you guys want to go ahead and give us a call, that number is 585-346-3000. Or that toll-free number, 866-552-1009. And I think we're going to go to the calls. Uh, Dave, is that it? Do we have a caller on? Um, hello? Yeah. Oh, my name's Mike. Mike, I'm so sorry, Mike. My apologies. Oh, no problem at all. Um, nothing against Trump personally or the meeting, but doesn't this
0: reflect poorly on the staff that he put together for this second run for president?
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think Trump has been surrounding himself with horrible people for the last five years. Yeah,
0: no, I, I just think that it tells me, well, it not only tells me, but it tells the people that are on the fence about Trump, you know, I don't think that this is going to encourage them to vote for him. That's what I'm trying to say. So. Well,
1: well, I appreciate that. And and thank you for that. But I I agree with you in, in a lot of this, that if we look at Trump's first administration, I mean this was set up with Rhinos and we can see why he did this. He he did this to kind of get a feel for Washington DC and the the kind of, you know, get the acceptance of uh, the other republicans and you know the the second part of his first term he started replacing a lot of those people but most of the people that he brought in we're snakes that were operating behind his back. And then even so, the staff that he has right now, I think, you know, Dan Scavino obviously is a, a great human being and you know, Cash Patel, all these other people. But I think that there's probably snakes within the den, that there's people that work for him that are working as infiltrators or double agents and that they're probably not working in the best interest of him. And i I, I know people who are close to him and I know these people probably aren't, the best willed people or the best uh, um, intention people. But that's just our opinion. And you're right that what happens going into the 2024 election when he has a campaign and he's got people around him that are exactly that, not supportive of him or working against him. I, I agree that that could be detrimental. but that also, that also could be said the same for DeSantis or any other candidate.
0: Yeah, but this is, You know, right there in front of us. We can see this plain as day. DeSantis hasn't even announced yet. So that's one of my problems with him announcing so soon is the spotlight is going to be on him for two years, and I just don't see anybody being able to withstand that kind of pressure for two whole years as an announced candidate.
1: You know, it's something to look at. Now, the stuff with Kanye and and the news, in two weeks that'll be done and over with. They'll be on the something new. It'll probably be the digging into his six years of tax returns, and then that'll be two weeks. You know, when we start looking at information, information goes through various cycles, and the mainstream media is perfectionist at this. And we have two weeks. We have two weeks, two months, two months, two weeks, and two days. Or th- th- sorry, three months, three weeks, and three days. And, and this is the three-three-threes of how marketing actually operates is that for three days, a story, a news story will circulate and get all the headlines. After that three days, it'll stay within the secondary circulation for about three weeks. And then it'll move to kind of like a tertiary circulation of less popularity, where all the lesser people will begin to pick it up for that three months. And then it'll just completely disappear. And so with the Kanye stuff, I don't think any mistakes were made in the sense of Trump's staff. I think that they understood that Kanye was coming, that Kanye was being guest, and and Trump just really didn't care. He approved it. The Secret Service didn't need to do any special inspections. Um, And I don't think he realized that it was a setup. And we can actually see this because Kanye actually talked about it on Infowars yesterday, is that when he got notified by his lawyer, I think it was Nicholas Gondavell, that Kanye had set him up, he turned the conversation, his demeanor changed, and he changed the conversation with Kanye at that lunch by saying, the last person that betrayed me, it didn't fare too well for them because I always win in the end and I always get my revenge. And so I think Donald Trump didn't expect Kanye to betray his trust. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing happen right now of how he got set up. But, you know, Mike, I appreciate the call and... and, I think you got a point is that if Donald Trump is going to take this seriously and run in 2024, then he needs to really hamper down and go out there and pick a campaign staff that is loyal and that has their, 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 their hand on the pulse of humanity than the pulse of Americans of conservative Americans And that he needs to go out there and he needs to represent the conservative movement. And so I I agree with you in that, you know, moving forth the way he is right now by, you know, bringing Kanye in. And that that was uh, that was neglect. I mean, I don't think he probably should have had that meeting. Um, I think he probably should uh, for two years probably, you know, watch what he does very, very carefully. All right. So again, if you guys want to go ahead and give us a call, you got that number five eight five three four six three thousand or eight six six five five two one zero zero nine. And so, Zelensky, this is uh, Vladimir, uh, uh, the president of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Now this is where again it kind of gets interesting. So we've watched Zelensky do various different types of moves rem- reminiscent of the the Nazis back in the 1940s. And we've had these associations with Ukraine and modern-day Nazism. This is the Azov Battalion and med- many other of their military infiltrators and political infiltrators, which are very aligned with Nazi tactics and Nazi culture. When Zelensky was invaded by Russia at the beginning of it. One of the first things that he did is he suspended all political campaign or he he suspended political opposition and began arresting all the political opposition parties and the oligarchs and anybody who funded Russia or what they determined to be propaganda from Russia, including his political opposition within the parliament. They've implemented massive tyrannical restraints onto their people. If you just mention the word Russia and with a smile, they'll probably arrest you. And just today, he's banning Ukrainian churches. This is right. I mean, he's banned media outlets, he banned the opposition party, and now he's going out there to ban Ukrainian churches. So, a little history. In May, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky, sorry, Vladimir. Signed into law number 7172-1 that banned the opposition parties and seized their property. We talked about that. The law targets opposition parties that if they deny armed aggression against Ukraine, the law includes actions that support the Russian Federation and the Republic of Belarus and two invading countries. The news was first published in Ukrainian news website UK are informed. The news was reported the same day U.S. GOP senators paid him a visit in Kiev to show their support. Zelensky so also closed all of the TV stations and consolidated them into one state run channel. Ukraine has to take extraordinary measures to fight Russia's invasion. Among them, the government has consolidated the country's television outlets and dissolved rival political parties. It says it needs to do this to maintain the united front in fighting Russia. No, it does this because it was a hijacking and infiltration by communists. On Friday, after banning all TV platforms in Ukraine into one state broadcast, jailing political rivals, and restricting political parties, Zelensky now banned the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. A meeting at the NSDC National Security Defense Council was held today, said Zelensky, a meeting at which we examined numerous facts of the ties of certain religious circles in Ukraine with the aggressor state. It is necessary to create such conditions in which any figures dependent on the aggressor country will not be able to manipulate Ukrainians and weaken Ukraine from within. He continued, referring to Russia, which invaded Ukraine in late February. The NSDC instructed the government to submit to the Verkhovna Rada, Ukraine's parliament, a bill on the impossibility of the activities of religious organizations affiliated with the Centers of Influence in Russian Federation in Ukraine. So this is very similar to what Adolf Hitler did in Nazi Germany. With going out there and trying to create a one-state church and basically shutting down various other church organizations, uh, the Pope and obviously the Catholic Church during the time pushed back heavily on on Hitler. Now, many people think that Hitler banned religion altogether and removed God. That That's absolutely not the case. Um, in Nazi Germany, religion was very, very paramount, that people believed in God and church was still open. They did restrict movement to various churches, very similar to what Ukraine is doing now. And so what we're seeing right here is a model of takeover for the New World Order. This is how the New World Order is going to implement their reign and control. What do we have? We have crisis and response, right? We have a crisis or a disaster or something that happens, we have a response by the politic, and then we have solutions that come about and implement a long-term reign of those new restrictions and policies and laws that come about. And what we just saw here in Ukraine was a complete taking over of Ukraine by this radical, global, fascist, totalitarian regime. They went in there and they knocked out all political opposition. They centralized the media and now they're centralizing religion. That's communism, people. That's communism. And it's here in the world and it's getting its claws tightened within the grasp of westernized nations. That's the warning call, people. That's the warning call. We'll be back with more Dark Delight Show right after this.
0: Dark Delight with Josh Reed on the WYSL stations.
1: All right, we are back with the Dark Delight Light show, and let's just go straight through the lines. This time we actually have Dave. Dave and Brian. What's up, Dave? Uh, it was a
2: Freudian slip earlier, wasn't it? <laughs> it? I guess it
1: was. I was calling out to you subconsciously, I guess.
2: Um, got a question and a comment. I'll do the, the comment first. The more and uh, the longer I see this Ukraine-Russia thing go on, I think we as a world are being set up with this good cop, bad cop, because those two, I mean, the, the Nord Stream thing, that just went away, your three-three-three theory. Where theory. I mean, that was a huge world event, and now everybody forgot about it. And uh, the other question, the other thing I wanted to say, to the question, explain to me the T-shirt you've got for sale, like God's an atheist.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. One, one Okay, so firstly, the first thing is Nord Stream. You're right. That's the three three three. Is all of a sudden Nord Stream gone? Nobody's talking about it. And you know what this good cop bad cop is? What I've been talking about is that they've infiltrated both sides. They control the narrative on both sides, and they control the the media spin, the information distribution on both sides. And this is why these things disappear. So great catch there. You're absolutely right. And then what he's talking about is uh, we have some merch uh, on Red Pills, the Red Pill Project, and one of them is a shirt. That says God is an atheist. Now, it takes some time to think about it. I've been thinking hard. You,
2: I almost hurt my brain. <laughs> well,
1: let's think about it, though. Who, who does God worship?
2: Good point. Nobody. Okay. Are there any gods above simple. him? No,
1: no. So that means that he believes in no form of theism. But
2: he's, he's got to believe in
1: himself, yes, no. <laughs> he's got to believe in himself, but that, that doesn't mean he worships himself. It doesn't mean that he's a theist. He doesn't put himself on a, a pedestal, right? So God is an atheist.
2: Okay, okay. I, was, I saw that. I just started scratching my brain, and it almost started bleeding. And I said, i got to call him and ask him about that.
1: <laughs> I, I, I like creating kind of like psychological conundrums, the things that make people think. I, I, that's one of the shirts that I get the most controversy over because people, people are like, how, how dare you say God is an atheist. I go, what do you mean? How could he not be? He, God has to be an atheist. If he's not an atheist, that means he believes in a higher power.
2: Right. That, uh, well, you, you mission accomplished. Let me give you kudos to that one.
1: Cause <laughs> I, I
2: was like, I've been following your show. I've learned a lot. Um, And the other thing you spoke of earlier about dissemination in the news, Um, I've been a news whore, for lack of a better term, since I was a kid. Um, And I don't know why. But there are certain stories that just, they don't flag my brain sometimes. And I wonder, you know, the whole world's talking about it. I could care less. And then hopefully I've got a little bit of that dissemination in my gene pool.
1: (laughs) Very cool, man. Well, Dave, I appreciate the call. And, you know, that's what it's all about. It's all about learning. It's all about the growth and the evolution of of yourself and and taking information in and and just being hypercritical with it and saying, you know what, before I believe this, before I put this in the repertoire of information I'm going to put back out there to people, before I make it the foundation of my truth, my belief, let me first go and look at it. Let me first go and, and, and find and validate the claims that people are making about this. That's one of the things, reasons that I love science. Because I can go out there and I can take the science that they're saying, hey, well, you know, gravity works this way. The rate of gravity is 9.81 meters per second squared. It's an acceleration. It happens as you get closer and closer to the Earth, and as you get further and further away, that constant actually decelerates, and then you have a cosmological constant of gravitation, right, and you go, okay, well, can we test this? And we go, yeah, you can. You can go out there, and there's multiple different tests that you can do, and you can test this yourself, and you can measure it, and wow, it works. And this is that empirical data that we get from observation and experimentation that comes about that helps us understand the world around us and build our foundation of what we consider truth. And it's no different when we're looking at politics or religion or we're looking at society or culture or whatever it might be, is we have to take that same approach. We have to take that scientific approach. We have to look at information in this hypercritical manner. We cannot just blindly accept something simply because we hear it. We have to, think about it. We have to process it. We can't utilize our monkey mind to go look at this highly complex world because what's going to happen is we're just going to be led to the bananas. And that's the truth. We're human beings. We have a higher faculty for understanding. We have to take the information in, analyze it, critique it, Float around in our minds with everything that we know. Then go out there and validate it to ourselves. Go out there and check. If someone's saying, I got special sources, and this source is is, is top of the line. They're, they're directly the Donald Trump and blah, 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 right? Well, let, let's go out there and find more information about this. Whatever information they're claiming, let's go check the validity of this. What evidence do they have to substantiate that? I, I know somebody that is right at Mar-a-Lago. Every day, knows Donald Trump personally, has a cell phone number, communicates with him, plays golf with him. I don't sit there going, my source in Mar-a-Lago is telling, right? Like, I don't do that. They told me things, I don't share them. And the reason being is because the information has to be pertinent to whatever news or or narrative that's being played. You know, Donald Trump likes Diet Cokes. I don't think that's really too important. Have I? My, my insider at Mar-a-Lago told me Donald Trump likes Diet Coke. Whoa, how do you know? Well, I can go look at a few pictures and I can see Donald Trump always drinking Diet Coke. Now I can validate this. And see, we just have to have this mindset when it comes to this current world, this hyper critical analysis of all the information being thrown at us. Because if we don't, we will be led to the banana, we'll be led to the cheese, we'll be led to the cage, we'll be led to the slaughter. I don't think for one instance that God who created humanity, this earth, this universe, ever expected us to blindly, within the night time, try to find our way, that he expected us to utilize the mental faculties that he gave us, to utilize the senses that he gave us, our eyes, our ears, our nose, our sense of smell, our our intuition, That, that he gave us these things for us to utilize and develop ourselves to become smarter, more evolved, more intelligent, to become more adaptive, to nature and society. Because if we just simply sit back and allow those things to go to the wayside and let someone else do it all for us and just blindly accept what they say, then we're not people of God. We're not utilizing God's potential that he instilled within us. Instead, we're just giving that authority to somebody else and believe in whatever they say. I think that's so important to understand. I think it's one of the greatest lessons that people can be taught within their life. Is that one day you're going to have to face God. And standing next to him is going to be the perfect version of you. The image that he created of you in his image. And you're going to have to look at that version of yourself and ask, is that me? Or was there work to do? And that work that you would have to do would be the utilization, the mastery of your mind, your thoughts, your action, your life, your responsibilities, your disciplines. Because that's what he instilled within you. Anyways, much love respect. God bless you guys. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday with more Dark Delight Show. Take care.